1: Hello and welcome to Ladies Who London podcast. I'm Emily Dell. And I'm Alex Lacey and we're qualified London Blue Badge tourist guides.
0: Each week we bring to you some of the best bits of London. We talk about our favourite people, places
1: and events with a bit of information, a lot of laughs and a whole lot of fun. We can be found on Instagram at Ladies Who London podcast and on our website guideemily.com. And alexlacey.com for information about our upcoming walking tours and virtual tours, as well as what the blue badge guiding Quali Qual for chameleon. i am so rubbish at this. Well, at least people know that we do this live. You know, we're not yeah. copying and pasting it, so although my friend Katie did say, why don't you just record it once and put it in every week? And we really should do that, shouldn't we? We should but, do um, that. I don't know why, but um but nevertheless. Well, you know, our uh our our lack of uh our lack of slick
0: presenting is, I think, our. our, <laughs> that's, our that's our thing. That's our niche. That's why,
1: <laughs> that's why people tune thing. in, Alex. Why
0: do you listen? They're a bit rubbish. It makes me feel better about myself. I think <laughs> yeah, that's exactly.
1: <laughs> that's where we're yeah, at. microphones are terrible. There's a baby in the background. They can't actually read their own.
0: <laughs> right, talk properly. It's just a complete <laughs>
1: bun fight. Anyway, anyway. Uh, well, there we go. <laughs> Another slick entrance. There we go. To the Gosh. So, you're right. I'm oh, good. How are you? Yeah, very well very I well. Nick. Had um a weekend of famalam time. Oh yes, you actually you did your first uh, proper trip with the little uh, the little baby, didn't you? Yeah, so we went um down to the south. We went to Petersfield and then we got on a ferry Ooh. and went to the Isle of Wight. Okay. Um yeah, so we saw Nick's family, my family and yeah, she handled it quite well. Her first yeah, her first boat trip. Success. No meltdowns. No meltdowns. I mean, Brilliant. there were a few meltdowns, obviously, but <laughs> mainly myself. Um, but yeah, all good, all good. And,
0: and you? Nice, yeah, week,
1: all, nice week. Yeah, all good. It's
0: just been, um, oh, I, I've been, uh, today was the fourth day in a row that I was working. <gasps>
1: That's and so all, good.
0: I, I have to say, oh, it was lovely. I got, um, my Saturday was a bit random. I had something cancelled um, and then five minutes later, something else book in, which is, I mean, that normally happens in business. Wow, years, that is happy. so and Brilliant. I got to do a full-on two-hour in-depth tour of Westminster Abbey. <gasps> and I hadn't realised how much I needed to do that. I was buzzing when I came out. I oh was properly, God, I felt restored and nourished. And it was, oh, it was amazing. And we I only had three people. It was a public um, one for a company that I do some stuff with. And uh, three, well, we had to split it in two because you can only take six maximum. So we had seven, mm-hmm. of course, so there was two of us. And uh, so I had three people. And honestly, it was just, it was heaven. Gosh. It was heaven to kind of go back and just do a real sort of in-depth, just kind of a brain dump of all the stuff that's been festering in my head. And,
1: yeah, and I oh, it was just so lovely, so did lovely. You, did you remember everything? Because I'm a bit worried about going back in there. Well, like, I did the have a panic before
0: things. and I did have a bit of a read through of all my notes. And then I and then the minute I was reading through it, I was like, oh yes, of course, of course, of course. Um, and it's funny because the notes I made were when I trained, you know, back in 2014, 15. And, and there's loads of stuff like, oh, I never say that now. And, oh, I've updated all that. It was really quite interesting to see my my kind of my old notes. But, oh, it was just wonderful. Oh, and I added stuff in, you know, that I've learned during the lockdown from global yeah. tea and from this. And, um, yeah, it was brilliant. It was just wonderful.
1: Mm, yeah, I haven't had the opportunity to go back in yet. Um because of little Lady C. And I'm just I, just, I think that moment when I see Charles Darwin's grave, I'm just gonna <laughs> go a bit wild. I've, I've been in three times now. The first time I went in, I
0: was helping some of the trainee guides to um, just kind of get their, their stuff in order. Mm. And then the second time was on Friday, uh, when I went with the family who were, who were much more interested in kind of taking photos and little bits of info. So it wasn't that in depth. And then the Saturday one was a full in depth and it was just brilliant. It was just great just to oh, sort of- nice. Yeah, you know, yeah. Have
1: information. I'd like to tell you things and yeah, and, yeah they loved it and it was I was I'm working four days in a row, Alex, you know. That's you <gasps> know. You know, we're we're stepping back into normality. sure, well, oh, I'm absolutely exhausted, I tell you. <laughs> I bet gosh, you're going to get a bit of a sore throat. You're going to have to get some you know. little um little soothers in. Oh, no, crazy,
0: crazy. But hey, it's all good. We are getting back there and that is what counts. But we are not stopping with the podcast, are we? We are carrying on. No,
1: of course we are little, carrying on. A
0: little labour of love, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, so welcome back, everybody, to this week's Ladies Here London podcast. And for those who are new, welcome, welcome. Lovely to have you with us. Um, this week, we... Well, actually, before we get to this week, we need to talk about the end of last week's episode. We do. Which was really fun. I really enjoyed last week. Oh, and, uh, well, I had please. had people messaged me and said they were hooting with laughter at us being generally quite silly.
1: Oh, uh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> it's
0: really good. And I just loved, I loved your description of this amazing explosion in this prison where, you know, <laughs> it was all a bit of a failure and everyone just
1: sort of, yeah, everything just went a bit wrong, didn't it? It was it great. It really was. Did you see the picture I put up on Instagram? Yes, I did. Um, yeah. And you can kind of see the, the magnitude. I mean, obviously, it's yeah. just a sketch because it's 19th century, but the magnitude of this huge explosion, this massive <laughs> hole in the wall.
0: Properly over-egging the pudding a little bit. And, yeah. then, and then the fact that there was nobody there anyway. and Oh, goodness me. So funny. Um, so our podcast pedestal, which we picked at the end of last week, where we pick our our favourite kind of crux bits of the story, I went with the failed, the first barrel of gunpowder, which failed, which I thought was kind of quite key to the story. And just, just that wonderful sort of failure, which was the entire thing, was just a massive failure. I quite like that. But you went for something... Uh, Slightly different, which I was quite jealous of your pick in the end.
1: (laughs) Yes, I went for the white ball, which was the signal. So they, you know, throw the white ball over the wall. The person that they're trying to release from prison uh, would see it and know to stand back because there's about to be this explosion. Um, But of course, uh, no one was there. No one was in the exercise yard because the police heard word that it was taking place. So yes, went for the white ball. And again, I'm still, all week I've been thinking about that, that white ball popping over the
0: over the wall and then just bouncing <laughs> and nobody being there and I just keep chuckling to myself because it's such a brilliant image so <sighs> we have to find out who won um, you are pretty you reckon you've smashed it this week don't you
1: um, yeah. I haven't said that Alex can you read that off my face so I'm guessing well, from that when you, comment when you, number,
0: when you gave me your number oh, you, were, see, yes. you were all cock-a-hoop with your uh... I
1: do think that um, I'm going to be bouncing into into a win position no pun have, intended, because I've make, picked the white you? ball. So you, conf- you have a confession to make. My confession is: I love you, Alex Lacey. I always have, yes. and I always will.
0: I and mean, um, I know that,
1: obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're talking about the podcast pedestal, yeah. I have looked at mine and also the joint one, and I can see that I have absolutely. But uh, you made you made ahead. a bit of a mistake, didn't you, last week? Oh, what did I do? You put the wrong number Oh, on I see. Oh, that confession. Oh, right. That okay. Confession. Yes. Yeah, oh, the other I wasn't ones. going to admit this, but yes. So um, every Sunday I put up, you know, the results on the podcast pedestal and I gave myself an extra point. I didn't mean to, it was just, you know, obviously subconsciously I just want to win so badly. I do not believe it. Well, I do um, believe it. So currently it looks like it's 2019, but it is really 2018 to you.
0: Me, yeah, well, this week, um, it's an absolute whitewash. Um, white to is... be in the optive word, yeah. I hope. I'm not saying that just yet. It's 28 to 72. Oh, come on, it's gotta be. It is, it's yours. Ah, you got it. I knew, you want it, I knew it, I
1: knew it. I'd be super, super shocked if I hadn't.
0: <laughs> I know, and to be honest, I think that was a great, a great, a great choice. The white ball, I just it, that that image has made me chuckle all week long.
1: Can you imagine, as well, if the white ball was the only thing that um did actually explode?
0: I know it would be. we <laughs> yeah, probably did, didn't it though? Yeah, it probably did. It probably did. Oh yeah. my goodness! Absolutely brilliant. Um, so there we go. Then, we yeah. are now. So that your slightly
1: falsified twenty nineteen is now correct. Uh, no, so I'm still on eighteen. So you're on twenty. It's twenty one eighteen. No, oh, because you've just won oh yes yeah, sorry gosh how l- i forget so quickly <laughs> <laughs> i'm just so i'm just no so it is 2019 yes yeah. you're right you're yeah. absolutely right go me <laughs> even
0: though you were gonna give me the point i mean i know it's it was yeah.
1: madness Absolute madness so
0: last um, week we hmm. did our um our, our wheel the wheel of destiny to find hmm. out where we were going to be talking about this week where did it land it landed in waterloo and Waterloo, we there are so many options, but I've picked something which is quite funny actually. Because I was chatting to somebody on Instagram about this, and she said, Oh, well, you know, if you get a chance on the podcast, I'd love to hear more about it. And I so I put it on my list and thought, yeah, cool, we'll get to that at some point. And then that very week, up Waterloo came, so I thought, Well, let's do it. And we're talking about the London Necropolis Railway or oh, the I'm Death so Railway. Excited for this, it's
1: such
0: a good story. Like, okay, so London is. It, I mean, it's known for weird stuff, isn't it? Mm. It's just known for the most kind of just bonkers stuff that's happened throughout history, and the way that people come up with stuff, and they they think about things, and and create really quite bonkers solutions to them. And this is one of them. And I, it, I mean, I say it's bonkers. It also ran for nearly 90 years, so it's it's a long-standing bonkers one. But it is brilliant. So oh,
1: I didn't realise it ran for that long. Yeah, it
0: ran for. I mean, it wasn't necessarily wildly successful throughout the whole time. But anyway, we'll we'll get to that shortly. So why before we, we talk about the railway we need to talk a little bit about the background to it um we're in the early 1800s okay london is heaving there are huge numbers of residents there is quite a low life expectancy and there are tons of epidemics cholera typhoid measles smallpox you name it and um one of the big problems they have in london is this essentially it's a sanitation problem you have got bodies pretty much piling up, you have got um, waterworks that uh, end up getting sort of infected with wastewater and you've got cholera happening everywhere. And basically London is in a health crisis at that point. And one of the big problems is about where to bury um, these Londoners who are, I mean, you know, they're, they're dying. There's not enough space for them to be buried. So then where and how they're buried is contributing to this sort of health crisis. It's all a bit of a big pickle, basically. Mm. And one of the things is that there are about 200 uh, well, odd cemeteries in London, uh, but they're all linked to you know, different churches and this, that and the other. And they're not getting any bigger. So as these uh, the, the death rate is, is quite high and more people are dying, I mean, it is pretty, pretty hideous. And we get to 1842. And there's a chap called Edwin Chadwick. And he decides he's going to do this kind of sanitary report. I mean, this is so exciting, isn't it? <laughs> we really are doing the really <laughs> exciting, glamorous history of London right here. Anyway, he does this report and he looks at, uh, you know, burials of different people. And he says that every year there are 20,000 adults and 30,000 youths and children being what he refers to as imperfectly interred. Oh. In, in the same kind of burial grounds all over London which are you know if you if you put them all together it's about
1: 218 acres so it's not a huge amount of space for an entire massive oh, city god I'm like imagining you know walking along and suddenly seeing a hand kind of just like poking out of the ground like you know where somebody's just had to bury someone like ad hoc yeah I mean they are buried
0: in specific places, but ultimately, I mean, if you went to certain places, that, that might be a possibility. I oh don't know. Gosh. But essentially, it, it's pretty hideous. And they're, you know, in graveyards, they're removing graves to put in more people. And and of course, you've got all these different burial grounds in churches and everyone's living around them. So it's pretty horrible. And I don't really want to go. I know you are the goth guide and you love all this. And I, yes, but I don't want to go into it in too much detail because it's quite ugh um but it sounds pretty horrifying there's like kind of putrefaction of bodies that are happening and and the graveyards are that they're, they're they're rancid and they're stinking and and crypts of churches are sort of caving in and and you know all this sort of stuff and and apparently at burials often um women wouldn't go to the graveside they'd do the the, the, the you know the church bit and they wouldn't go to the graveside because the graveyards were so vile that they were like oh. it's not a place for women so it's pretty grim gosh And I mean, you obviously you guide around London an awful lot, Um, especially in the City of London and places like that. When you go into little graveyards, do you often find that you go up a couple of steps?
1: Uh, Oh, yes. I'm thinking of um, St Olaf's over near the Tower of London. You have to go up a couple of steps to get in that one, don't you?
0: Yeah, absolutely, and there's the one. I mean, most of them. There's the one that's um, the Postman's Park, uh, right there, the same one. Mm -hmm. And it's basically, and in fact, that you'll find in in all of these different churchyards that they're often a couple of feet higher than pavement level. And in some places, um, there were churchyards that were being built up so much that there were reports that it came up to the level of the first floor windows. (gasps) Now, wow!
1: For for those who are American, people.
0: There's not many American people listening, because I know we do. Um, first floor for the UK is what you would call the second floor. We call the first floor the ground floor. So we're talking one floor up, right? Mm-hmm. So this is how much they are just just piling bodies up, really. And it's mm-hmm. pretty awful. And and
1: they're sort of piled up just beneath the surface, and it's all pretty, you know, anyway. Can't and I guess different. because there's so many people there, you don't exactly have a grave for everybody because there's just, there's no space, right?
0: Exactly. You're, you're piling up and you're, you know, you're sort of stacking and, and shifting and putting more people in. And, and there are stories about, you know, new sewer lines and things being laid and then having, or water lines and digging sort of alongside houses and and just this mass of bones coming out because the rats have been running through and collecting, you know, oh bones and taking gosh. them off to eat them. We're like, oh, you're really quite
1: horrifying oh, stuff. I and mean, can- it's, you know, it's, you don't want to see a rat going past anyway, but a rat, like, you know, with a big bone in its mouth, just be like, oh, God, where have you just taken that from?
0: And so you've got to imagine at this point, and I think this is, you know, we often have these images of London, like Victorian, Edwardian, all that kind of thing, but we look at it through our lens, and we look at it, and it's, you know, London's fairly clean, actually, for a major city, and it's relatively sweet-smelling, and blah, blah. If you go back then, you would have had this, you know, the smells of all these dodgy burials, you'd have had the smell coming from the river, which was essentially a, a cesspit, you would have had open sewers. You would have had, um, you know, putrid water. London would have been absolutely reeking. Mm. It would have been really gross. There's even a story about some guy who was in um, uh, a church service and he said um, he, he just complained that there was a really disgusting taste in the air. Like
1: you know, it's really. It, oh god! I mean, it's probably. And obviously, people aren't, uh, you know, bathing as much as well. So just in general, people stink. Yeah. yeah. It would have been an assault on the senses. Oh.
0: So, funnily enough, uh, there's a bit of a petition that's raised uh, in order to try and, and, you know, change this and stop this. And and guess who is uh, part of this? Who is the man that is that pops up everywhere and, and is always engaged in absolutely everything in London in the 1800s? Is it Dickie? It is Charles Dickens. Although I do feel after having said that, like, the who is involved? I should have just shouted, shaft at the end. But anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Charles Dickens gets involved in it. And eventually what happens is there is um, an act that comes in in 1851. Well, they kind of agree on it in 1842 when when Chadwick brings out this huge, big sanitary report. But, you know, these things take a while to happen. So 1851, it comes in and burial within the city limits is outlawed. Mm -hmm. And there are no more burials in crypts or graveyards or anything like that. And this becomes part of this huge sanitary reform of London, which is later going to include um the Great Stink, which happens a few years later, and the building of the embankment and, you know, John Snow and all of this sort of colour and all that kind of thing. We're not gonna do that today because that is a whole other topic, but it's part of this big sort of cleaning up of London in the Victorian era. And so what they decide to do is to build these seven great cemeteries. Now the one I'm going to tell you about is Brookwood, and it's not actually one of the Great Seven because it is slightly further out of London. So the Great Seven are Kensal Green, Norwood, Highgate, um, which if anyone um, is interested, I went to Highgate a few weeks ago and took loads of photos on my blog. You go and have a look. Um, Abney Park, Brompton, Nunhead and Tower Hamlets. Brookwood is the one we're going to look at, and that is slightly further away. It's about 25 miles out of London, so it doesn't class as kind of uh, one of the Great Seven. And it's theoretically not really in London, but it was started in 1849, as all of this kind of thing is coming in by a company called the London Necropolis Company. Mm-hmm. And they are kind of going, right, we're gonna get in on this. We're seeing there's a, you know, a change happening. and What we wanna do is we want to establish a huge cemetery large enough to be able to house all of London's necessary burials, both now and forever, essentially. And in 1854, it was the largest cemetery in the world. It's not anymore. Gosh. But at, at the time, it was the largest cemetery in the world. And it, was, it is still now the largest in the UK. Wow. And one of the largest in Europe.
1: So it's still a bit of a big deal. And what, you know, do you know kind of the capacity? How many bodies are we talking? Well, they, they, they bought um, a total space of
0: about 2,200 acres, which is Whoa. a huge amount of space. Yeah, I mean, that is 10 times the burial space that was in London that we were talking about earlier. Um, and it was decided they did some calculations that in 1854 it would be enough to house every single londoner forever uh-huh. based on a death rate of about 60,000 people per year
1: wow yeah so gosh can you imagine if you went in there and be like oh my i i know that you know i've got a relative buried in here somewhere right where do we start right. <laughs> five years later oh i found her she's here a trip, you know just start sort of tramping through <laughs> yeah.
0: so that's their plan and it's never quite as successful as they hope it's going to be um because these magnificent seven cemeteries also pop up and, and a lot of london is going well i kind of want to be buried in london and brookwood's not really london and blah, blah blah so it's got a bit of competition on its hands but let's get to the most important and interesting bit about this Woo-hoo! it's the railway so it's 25 miles out of london or thereabouts um how are they going to get people out there well it this is the, the, the way they decide a railway is the best thing to do. Now, Victorians are so enterprising. They, It's in the Victorian era that we see, well, late Georgian, early Victorian, that we see the um, uh, the Industrial Revolution. Mm-hmm. We see the advent of railways. And the Victorians are sort of going, right, we've got a problem. have got all these new cool things. Let's find a solution. So it, the solution is this massive cemetery and a railway that goes out. So... In 1854, they opened, officially, the railway. Now, bear in mind, the very first passenger train ever had been launched only in 1830. So this is quite ambitious. They're probably, you know... They they, jump up and be
1: like, you know, let's, okay, next step, train for the dead.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's quite, you know, it's a really ambitious thing. And so they created what they called the Necropolis Railway. And they leased um, this land from the London South West Railway. And they decided they were going to... Now, okay, so you've got a variety of different um, um, stations around London. They decided they were going to have the train leave from Waterloo. Have you ever taken the train out from Waterloo? Going out towards Hampton Court, Richmond. It's a nice journey, isn't it? It's a lovely journey, yes. You see some beautiful countryside. Yeah, you go... I mean, immediately go through parks and countryside, and it's really, really pretty. And that's what they wanted. They decided that it would be a very kind of comforting scenery for the people who were going out there, which I think is fantastic. So they have this lovely, you know, slow, gentle train ride out towards Brookwood. And so they needed a, tra- a railway station and they did this at Waterloo. And, and of course, they didn't do it in the main Waterloo bit. They, they built a section adjacent to it because they were using that line. And then when you get to Brookwood, it, there's a spur that they had, which then went off straight into the cemetery, actually. So they built this railway terminal and it was specifically designed for the use of mourners. Because not only are they taking coffins out of the cemetery, they're taking people to go and and you know have the, the funeral out there. So you've got a variety of waiting rooms that you can actually hold services in two, and they've got this hydraulic lift again you know this classic Victorian engineering this hydraulic lift to get the coffins up onto the platform oh my level oh goodness
1: so sorry yeah. they so services could happen on the train so on the way so the coffin you know no they grab- would happen
0: either at the station at Waterloo oh okay more commonly they would happen in Brookwood because there was there were two chapels in Brookwood Cemetery I see I see um, as well but you could have little you know gatherings um, gatherings that kind of thing if, if you wanted to
1: and come back and have like a a wake on the train possibly
0: yeah yeah possibly I mean usually that would happen in Brookwood but there is the opportunity I've I've just got like
1: a thing in my mind of like the journey there just being really Really sad, and you know all the windows are kind of like all the curtains are shut and black. And then on the way back, like the wake happens, and everyone's like, <laughs> "He was a great man, a very great man."
0: I a party on the way back. Yeah, your entire your entire group of people minus one coming back, basically. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we're in the time of Victorians, right? So they are very discreet about all of this, and they're also very kind of prudish and a bit pompous about all this stuff. So they're getting their knickers in a twist, going. Well, first, there's a few things actually that they're getting in their knickers and a twist about. Firstly, they are saying, well, um, you know, it, it, it's not really very good to have a, you know, a Christian burial with all the hustle and bustle and busyness of what is a railway. And they're getting, you know, all well, really they say, oh, this is it's, it's far too sort of busy and and it's not it's not right, it's not right. But actually, when you get to Brookwood, it's very quiet and relaxed and chilled. And it's they some people say it's the most sort of zen or relaxed um you know funeral uh, space that you could have really there's also a worry that they're gonna you know trains are carrying bodies which would later carry human you know living humans uh so the company had their own rolling stocks you don't have to worry about that and you had carriages for the living and carriages for the the
1: bodies oh, can you imagine if you got on the wrong carriage be like oh no, no, yeah. <laughs> is there Not a spare seat here anymore? yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry guys just gonna, just gonna scooch in here with my, my pork pie. i think i've uh, entered the quiet carriage <laughs> <laughs> Phones off, phones the quiet off. zone
0: <laughs> um, but what do you reckon the victorians are going to get their knickers in a twist the most about what are they really
1: Uh, probably you know uh, is there a trolley dolly coming down the aisle at any moment you know i'd like i'd I'd like a cheese sandwich please
0: Um, well
1: they there there is there is catering we are going to get to catering okay not on the uh, train but when you get there what would they be getting their knickers into us? oh maybe if there's so many coffins um uh, the wrong one comes out like you know they're they're burying annie when actually it's bob i'm not gonna bother about that the thing they're most bothered about is making sure that different classes don't mix. Oh, la-dee-da, gosh. Well, I guess, yes, it's the Victorians, isn't it? They've always worried about that, that social
0: classes are gonna mix. And so they had separate carriages for each class. (gasps) Even for the dead? And for the dead, Oh my
1: God, so you've got like the really posh, beautiful kind of like mahogany wood coffins, and then like the the cardboard coffins at the back. (laughs) Absolutely, this is exactly it. So you've got different carriages for both the living
0: and for the body, so if you are um, a, a mourner that is going to the funeral, um, if you get a return first class ticket, it's going to be about six shillings, which uh, in 1854 when it started, it would be about £25 in today's terms. And then you've got a second class and you've got third class as well. And third class will cost you about two shillings, which is about £8. Okay. But for the bodies, that you can also pay for first, second and third class for the for the corpses to go as well. So, for the bodies, if you wanted first class, it would cost you two pounds ten, and this is not just for the for the journey, but it's also for the funeral as well. Okay. Then in second, it's one pound, and it's right. two um, uh, two shillings and sixpence. In third, so if you're paying for a first class funeral, right, they um uh, you, you're going to get they can select the grave site that they want anywhere in the cemetery. Um, uh, you can all the the, the um, company would also charge extra for burials in some particular sites, you know, particularly nice ones or whatever. You could pay a little bit more, sort of upgrade uh, to sort of extra first-class, I suppose. Um, and then, so if, if you think £2.10 shillings, that's going to be about £240 in today's terms. And that's a fairly straightforward first class one with with nothing particularly special um and it's then expected as well that you will later erect some kind of permanent memorial as well okay, uh, following the nice. funeral at some point that's that's kind of and that would be an extra cost that would be an extra cost but you were kind of expected to do that if you're in second class it's about it's a pound which is a, a, about a hundred pounds uh, in today's terms and there you've got a little bit of a choice over where the burial is going to happen not not as much but you know fewer areas And then you um, it's expected as well that you're going to put a permanent memorial up there and that will cost an additional 10 shillings. So but if you decide you don't want to put a permanent memorial up, then the company can reuse that grave in the future. That's the deal. So kind of up to you. And then the third class funerals um, are they're sort of reserved for uh, poor burials for paupers. And these are usually people who are buried, um, who are too poor to afford their own funerals and the parish will pay for the burial. Um, there will be bits of the cemeteries that are designated for each parish. So all of these parishes in London, which used to have their own cemetery, now have the option of shipping them out to, to Brookwood. So they will all have little kind of areas that will be the parish of this and that and the other. So they'll be able to do that. Now, they were not allowed to use mass graves. Um, unless it's like a f- sort of family plot or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even the lowest class of, of, of burial that you're going to get there means that they've got a separate grave. And if you have a third-class funeral, then you don't have the right to put up a memorial. But if at a later date you want to, to, to have um, a memorial, you can kind of pay to upgrade your sort of membership, if you like, from third to second okay. class or whatever. <laughs> now, that's quite rare, because realistically, if you are poor enough, uh, to be at that level, it's it's quite rare for the family to eventually be able to earn enough money. And if they do, are they really
1: going to do it anyway? So yeah, but good that they've got the option. I mean, it sounds like they've got a good service plan in place Absolutely. here.
0: Yeah, mm. and if you if you are as lucky um lucky enough to travel in the first class carriage as a body, not as a hu- as a living human, but as a body, then you have a decorated carriage as well. A decorated carriage to yourself? Uh, no, no, no. But you know, a all of the carriage. other ones that have
1: got that particular price plan exactly. Decorated. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> I was what? what? Balloons? I don't like, really decorated. No, I think for the no decoration
0: actually, you know, decoration painted on or, or whatever it might be, but not
1: Oh, I see. I wouldn't have thought it would oh, be decoration on the ground.
0: On the things. yes, I, I believe so. Like a decorated carriage. So on the painted coffin. Or... Oh,
1: on the cat in the carriage. In the
0: carriage, yeah. Okay. Although you're not really gonna make much use of it, but still, you know, hey, whatever. Yeah. So um so th- this this train goes for nearly 90 years. And at its peak, it's transporting about 2,000 bodies a year. And what would happen is the train would leave at 11.40 in the morning. It's just one, one going out, one going back every day. Every day. Uh, and it would leave with the mourners and the body. And when you got to the station, there are two stations, actually. The, at the north is for nonconformists, for anybody who's not Anglican or Church of England. Oh. And the south one is then for Anglicans. And,
1: and would and- they be separate because they were worried that they would there would be you know, kind of anger or fights on the train between these two. No, it's that they were two literally two separate chapels. There's an Anglican oh. one and there's a
0: there's a non-conformist one. Oh, I see. And oh. and it's you know it's again that, that Victorian love of separating people and going, you know, oh if you're not like this then you don't get this. So mm. that yeah. That this is your place. Yeah. Exactly. And the South Station, which is the Anglican one, now this is where it gets really good, had a booze license. <gasps> so it acted Whoa. as a pub
1: and oh, it came to- out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it catered for funeral parties, um, but also for people who'd kind of come to wander around at the cemetery. You could kind of come and have a wander like like we do today, because they're beautiful, these cemeteries, and then go to the pub. And um, the porters lived there as well. And the porters' wives would be the ones who would make the cakes and the sandwiches and the tea and the coffee to cater for the funeral parties, essentially the wake, which is happening there. But sometimes, you know, 100 mourners or more. And so they would be doing that which would then happen at the stations, at the South Station with booze and the North Station without booze.
1: Wow! So uh, you said it was about twenty-five miles out of London. Yeah. How long? I don't know what the pace would be on the train. It's a
0: very out- good question. I'm not entirely sure. Um, the return journey, uh, arrived back into London at three thirty. So, uh, if the if the train leaves at eleven forty in the morning, I mean, it's probably going to be an
1: hour and maybe an hour and a bit hour and 20 yeah. something like that great I wonder if you would get people that you know they 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 hadn't lost a loved one but they'd heard about this you know, catering and like the booze carriage, and thought, well, let's just have a day out.
0: Yeah, you absolutely did. You got people who, you know, because we we go to places like you know Nunhead Cemetery and and, and Tower Hamlets. We go for a wander oh, around. It's true, beautiful, actually, and, and you don't and, and think Brookwood's, anything of it. Mm. No, and Brookwood is exactly the same. It's really mm. beautiful, and it's quite sort of. Um, monumental. It's it's lovely. Um, and so yeah, people would go and not just locals, you'd go from London as well, but locals could as well. And of course, when the cemetery started, locals there were not particularly pleased about this absolutely mm. enormous cemetery coming onto their doorstep. And they were a bit peeved about this, you know, going to live right next to the dead centre of town, not uh, not Dead centre of town. Absolutely. Nice pun there, Alex. Thank you very much. Um, so they were quite happy when this pub popped up. And you, right. you could go and go for a wander around and go for afternoon tea, which would be made by the porter's wives there. But yeah, that was, that definitely was possible.
1: God, this sounds fantastic. I mean, oh, obviously, no. as you said at the beginning, this went on for 90 years. Yes. The idea of, um, you know, the separate carriages and um, the, the pub. I wonder if this is, this was immediately how it was or things got better as the time went on. Very good question.
0: I don't know whether, I, I mean, I, I I suspect actually from the very word go that the kind of the catering and stuff was there because mm. they do seem like a very organized company who had really planned to make this a, a massive success. And they were not uh, a company who were sort of going to do this. Oh, hang on, maybe we should have that as well. It seems like they had all of their ducks in a row when they, when they launched it. Mm. And they'd thought about a lot of stuff. So one of the things that they thought about was they were one of the very few cemeteries to offer burials on a Sunday. Now, this is quite an important thing because um, normally uh, the working class in London, you would only have one day off, which was a Sunday. Mm. That was, you know, God's day. That was your day you went to church and all of that. So if you have got anybody being buried on another day of the week, not only does it mean you've got to take a day off and lose income, um, but some places you couldn't take a day off if you were in a workhouse They that you weren't allowed to take days off, that apart mm. from the Sunday So that's quite a big deal. Um, So if it's on a Sunday, you can go to the funeral. You don't have to take an extra day off. You're not going to lose out on money. So that's quite important. Um, And also actors as well. Uh, Acting Sunday was the only day that theatres were not allowed to open. So as a result, there's quite a big actor's area in the the cemetery because, you know, it was the place where you could actually go and have a funeral on a Sunday and your mates could come. Otherwise, it'd be a bit of a sad affair.
1: So it's a bit like Westminster Abbey, where you've got people buried you know in their kind of um within their occupation yes absolutely and and
0: there are little kind of different areas for stuff and in fact it was known as the Westminster Abbey of the middle classes for Was quite it a really? Long time yeah How it really was funny. which I think is brilliant <laughs> and so you had all these different kind of sections and and they kind of targeted different groups of people communities or trades and things like that but and so the point was that They could say, look, if you have lived with these people all your life, that when you die, we'll bury you in the same spot with them. So you've Mm. kind of got this like community sense going Mm -hmm. on as well, Mm -hmm. which is kind of nice. And it's one of the first cemeteries in Britain to offer burials, not just for dissenters, which is quite an important thing. There were other cemeteries in London for dissenters, but they were all closed down. But also for people um, of the Muslim and Sikh faiths as well. Oh which you wouldn't find in very many places. Um, Jewish communities had, had their own arrangements for a very long time because um, members of the, of the Jewish faith weren't allowed to be buried within London city walls for a long time anyway. So they had their own thing going on. So you won't really find that too much in the way of uh, Jewish burials in Brookwood. But Muslim and Sikh, yes, yeah, there's quite a lot there, which is really quite interesting. Wow. And one of the things about the train, which I find quite funny, is especially – so at the start, it's, it's pretty popular and it, it runs pretty regularly – towards the end it's only running one or two a week because it's you know the whole thing's changing we'll come on to that later but it would only run I kind of like this um so that if you are a first-class passenger you're definitely going to get to Brookwood on the day you want but if on the day that you came to have the funeral and there was a coffin or passengers uh, waiting to use it but the only um uh the only thing people on it was either a single third or second class coffin they would cancel it and you'd have to wait oh! until the next the next time
1: <laughs> yes. so what would you do with the coffin
0: well they had arches that they were at waterloo and they had these big arches which they could use as a kind of housing bodies uh, oh. for that so they'd put they'd pop them there and then, and then say right well you know we'll do the next service which could be the next day or a couple of days time so you know it's not guaranteed that you're going to go necessarily no god it keeps you on your toes it really does um but there's some brilliant, Um, Some brilliant people who were buried there which which had who had absolutely enormous funerals there was one guy called charles bradlaugh who was a member of parliament and he was a real advocate for indian self-government as well and so as a result within the indian community in london he was really really popular and when he died in 1891 um, he had over five thousand mourners <gasps> come and attend his funeral, oh. and so they had to actually lay on longer trains. There was uh, the train was. Um, I think they had three different trains uh, taking people out there. One of them was seventeen carriages long. Gosh! And one of the people who attended that, bloody
1: hell. Yeah,
0: enormous amount. One mm. of the people who attended that was Gandhi. He was 20 at the time and he was in London at the time and he went out on that train for the um, funeral of Charles
1: Bradlaugh. Oh, I wonder if he, you know, or anybody has a written account on their experience on the train.
0: It would be interesting to know, wouldn't it? I I don't Mm. know. It's funny because they they sort of did go and ask some of the the workers who worked at Brookwood and uh, because a lot of the the bits and pieces have gone now and they said, you know, have you got any pictures of it? And they were all a bit like, no, why would I have pictures? Because for them, it was just normal to be working Mm. there. Like it wasn't anything special. They're like, why would I have photos of the station or the building or the whatever, you know? Um, So maybe
1: uh, it'd be really interesting to know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I just like, you've painted such a wonderful picture of it. Like, yeah, it must have been so interesting, the, the different characters and because some people would have been quite excited. You know, some people it might have been their first ever train journey.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So Especially like, oh, for you
1: know, this is exciting for the poorer
0: people, yeah.
1: At the and same time, it- you're you're about to bury someone. What's interesting is that 80%
0: of the burials that were carried out by the London Necropolis Company at Brookwood were pauper burials on behalf of London parishes. Oh. So this is quite an important thing. You know, there's quite a lot of people there who, and they won't really have memorials or anything either. So mm. there's a lot of that there. And the, the decline starts to come in the early 1900s. We've got, you know, a lot, like I said, a lot of people were kind of like, oh, I don't really want to be buried 30 miles away from London. It's not really where I lived. It's not my mm-hmm. home. So people were going for, you know, Highgate and Abney Park and others that are are closer that are these great seven cemeteries. Um, and then you get the, um, the motor hearse that's introduced in the early 1900s. And very quickly that overtakes both the horse drawn hearse mm-hmm. and the train as well. Right. But the real kind of, it really sort of ends when it gets to world war two. Um, so in the last couple of years of it it, it was only going once or twice a week it, it was fairly sort of it was winding down a bit and in 1941 uh, of course we had the blitz happening in london the bombing is everywhere and the they actually um the train line had had um survived until one night uh 16th of april and it was a really heavy night of bombing and uh oh, just destroyed tons and tons of um places in london and one of the places it destroyed was the London Necropolis railway station. Oh, so that had gone. Yeah. Right. Um, and then after that, that the you know, they were sort of like, right, well, what do we do? Do we reconstruct? Do we close it? Do we build a new line? And when it was bombed in 1941, they stopped the trains you know for a few years and at the end of the world second world war 1945 they're like right okay the war's over what do we do and for four years that little spur line that had gone off from the normal train line into brookwood cemetery um had kind of you know grown over a little bit and it, it sort of um you know it was a bit tricky it would have taken a lot of money and a lot of time to to patch it back up and they talked to the train company that was there and they said, look, we'd like to um, keep running it. And we, st- because what they would do is they would sell tickets to go to the funerals, but they'd also sell cheap tickets for people who wanted to go, who weren't going to a funeral to go and have a wander around or visit relatives or whatever. Mm. And the railway company um, who was Southwest rail said, no, sorry, we can't do that. Cause we've got our own line happening now. It's faster. And you're basically trying to take, you know, custom away from us. Mm. And, so that was sort of the death knell. And they kind of, they wound it up, basically. The cemetery is still running, still going. So you can still be buried there. But the Necropolis Railway, sadly, is no longer there. But we do have a little bit that you can see. Um, the very first station was adjacent to Waterloo Station, uh, where it is today. And then they were going to do a massive expansion on the station. And the Necropolis bit was in the way. So they they reached a deal. And they what they did is they knocked down the Necropolis Station and they moved it to Westminster Bridge Road. And that newer um, station right there is still visible. You can still see it. They've taken away the bit that says Necropolis at the top, which is a bit annoying because that's Mm, really cool. That is annoying. But you still can see when the gate is open, you can see the old ticket desk, um, which is on the corner. I'm going to see if I can find some pictures of that this week and and pop that up. Um, But it's really, really fascinating. God. And. In the in the time that it was going, so I say like 90 years that the it, the train was running, they'd only buried about 200,000 people. So it's nowhere near what they'd planned for. Um, they'd planned for sort of 60,000 a year. Mm. And it was going for nearly 90 years. So you can see it's a lot sort of lower than they, um, they'd expected. But there are some very famous people buried there. Oh, yeah. Do tell. So, um Zaha Hadid, who is the oh, architect, really? fabulous architect who died a couple of years ago. Oh, she did the, the swimming pool, didn't she? At the she Olympic did, at Center. At the Olympic Park mm. frog, she, beautiful architect. Mm. Um, very interesting, a chap called Cosmo Duff Gordon. Do you know his name? Cosmo Duff Gordon? No, but uh sounds like a kind of guy I'd like to know. Well, you probably wouldn't actually, because he was auto oh, Oh. Uh, no, he's not a murderer. He's not a murderer. Luckily, um, he was on the Titanic and he managed to survive the Titanic. He's he's Sir Cosmo Duff Gordon, so he's very much the upper classes. But his escape was a very controversial one. And if you've ever seen the film Titanic, you right, might remember that there's a, a shot of a man picking up a baby and getting on a boat with him. Oh, that yes. is sort of. Set on Cosmo Duff Gordon. That's he, based on him, is it? Based on oh, him. His wow! A little bit controversial. Oh, yeah, I remember that bit. Yeah. Um, and one of yeah, very very famously, one of the burials that happened there, and he was later moved to his family estate was Dodi Al Fayed. Oh, the boyfriend of Princess Diana yes. when um they were both killed in a car crash in Paris. Yes. So he was buried there for a while, and then he was moved to his family's estate. So there are you know some important names that are down there as well definitely
1: gosh so we, we have go. to go
0: have you been did you
1: say that you have
0: been but quite a while ago so I think I'm probably due a revisit to be honest oh, I
1: just must be absolutely huge and yeah, really interesting because you know graves can be very beautiful um you know in terms of their designs and you know the wording and things yeah it is lovely I I'd love and, to go and what they did is um because
0: they have these over 2000 acres and and over time they have sold bits of it off because as as it wasn't as big a success as they hoped
1: Mm. and
0: it's quite you know very good land that they can make a lot of money from they have sold bits of it off so it's not quite as big as it used to be but it's still pretty impressive and like Mm. I say there's still the largest cemetery in uh, in the UK gosh wow, worth a wonder definitely
1: wow wow Alex (laughs) I absolutely (laughs) loved that Goodness there we go me. oh it's just oh, I wish I was on the carriage or it, you know on the train yeah it would have been amazing to see now there are a couple of
0: books um so there is one called Necropolis which is not exclusively about um the railway but it does mention it but it talks about kind of the history of burials in London it's called uh, London and it's dead Necropolis okay. by a lady called Catherine Arnold and the other one is called The Brookwood Necropolis Railway by a guy called John M. Clarke. So if you are interested, there's a couple of little books out there. And I think there's one or two others, but those are the ones that I've come across. Oh, um, I would so. love to read them. Well, maybe maybe I'll buy you one for your birthday or something. Oh, fantastic. Please do. Perfect gift for the goth guide. Yeah. So there we go. That is it. That
1: is The London Necropolis Railway. Um, what a cool bit of kit, hey? Oh, so cool. Like, I, I've, I've known about it, but I didn't really know... Um, you know about the different classes and uh like the food and the catering and things you're really so obsessed was, by the catering aren't you well, i think it's brilliant <laughs> you know because you've got to feed people cake and a um, corpse yeah cake and a corpse cake and a corpse that's a good
0: band name isn't it
1: <laughs> yeah wow um well i love that alex thank you so Yay. so much
0: Podcast Pedestal. So, Podcast Pedestal. Oh God! What are you going to go for? Oh, do you know what? what You go cake and a corpse.
1: (laughs) Yeah, is that possible? Cake and a corpse. Uh, Right, let's
0: see why not. Um, What am I going to go for?
1: Um,
0: Oh, I don't know. The options. The options. I kind of like the different classes of of travel for for the coffin. I think, oh, is, it, is that what I want to go for? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, let's go for that. No. Mm. No, actually, I'm going to go for the funeral of Charles Bradlaugh.
1: Oh, I was thinking of that.
0: Were you? Go for that then. I'll go for something else.
1: No, no, no. I've got a plan B. Okay, what's your plan B? My plan B is the pub. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, that's kind of, that's that's your MO, isn't it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I think it just kind of expresses that, the day out you know this is um it basically they have everything you know they're they're aware that people are going to be emotional so what do you need you need a stiff brandy before you bury the stiff (laughs) yes but only if you're anglican oh true true what was the the name of the pub do you know
0: um no well it, i don't think it was really an actual pub pub it was just at the station and they had a license so i don't think it, if it had an name i I've, I've not found it um but it was basically at the station that that, that would happen
1: well i think, you know if you went into um if you went into a cemetery today and you know you had um molly behind the bar to your left going hi do you want gin tonic before you have a little walk around you yeah. know it'd be be wonderful wouldn't it it would yeah, be it would so be. interesting so i really? i think i'm going to have to go for the the what so would you call it more of a bar well no I mean it, it's so I guess it,
0: it it's down in history as a kind of a sort of pub uh, you know with um how do you say that in English with the between inverted, and thing, inverted commas so I um, so we
1: could say the um the the alcohol license at the cemetery
0: yeah I mean we just we can call it the pub cemetery because it was it was pub referred cemetery. to as the pub so yeah the I cemetery think pub, rather. I
1: think I'm going to go for that
0: yeah I think that's a good uh a good plan. I'm going to go. Am I going to go for the, the funeral or am I going to go for. No, I think I am going to go for his funeral with this, you know, 5,000 mourners, these 17, three trains of 17 carriages and,
1: yeah. and Gandhi
0: that's all, you know, who, who is attending it. And just a, a real,
1: you know, could you imagine Huge seeing that? a fair? I mean, they must really? have got quite a lot of money for that gig. Oh, yeah. I presume that most people traveling were probably of higher class. Yeah, you'd probably be quite right, actually. So they probably thought, well, you know, we we can't miss out on this gig.
0: Well, they're used to
1: getting a you know a bit of
0: both because they've also got you know he's big in the Indian community, so I can't imagine there would be a vast number of of um, uh, the Indian community who'd be able to afford first class. But still, yeah, it would be it would be a money money spinner for them.
1: Definitely, five thousand
0: people going out there.
1: Well, I think I think that's very good, one, Alex. Well, I don't know much. if it will trump my pub one, but <laughs> the cemetery pub.
0: Yeah. The cemetery pub. Oh <laughs> that's great. So those are your options this week, everybody. We have the funeral of Charles Bradlaugh and the cemetery pub for the mourners. There we go. Great.
1: May the best woman win. Absolutely. So, have you got anything coming up? Um. Have I got anything coming
0: up? I mean, I've got my normal um. Uh, my normal walking tours, which are uh, every weekend. So this weekend coming we have uh women of westminster on sunday got my public bermondsey one and i'm doing harlots for uh, the following weekend no two weekends after that um which i know is very popular and that is filling up so if anyone wants to come on my Harlots tour, that is the one to come on on the 24th of july and then street art is on the 25th of july which um there's some really great stuff up at the minute so that would be a fun one uh, to come on so there we go excellent and you so I've
1: still got tickets available for my two Rotherhive tours in August, 15th of August and the 22nd, both Sundays, both at 11 o'clock. Um, the tour is an hour and a half. So if you want to experience um, Rotherhive, then please feel free to book. Amazing. Yay. It's Yay. nice to be getting out there, isn't it? It's yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I can't go too far. <laughs> it's why I'm doing Rotherhive, yeah. But I love Rotherhive and there's just so much history here. And, you know, it's, it's one of my favourite places in London to guide. It is beautiful. It is mm. beautiful. Yeah. Fantastic. The wheel of destiny.
0: Right, so wheel of fortune time, wheel of destiny. Ding,
1: ding, ding, and it's so your pick for next week. It is so. Um, yeah, I want to do like a thing, a thing, um, yeah. of, uh, rather than a person. So yeah, I'm just going to see where it lands. All right, let's give it a go. You got the wheel ready? Got the wheel ready? Of course, Alex. I've always got the wheel ready. <laughs> it's always next to me. <laughs> Took it in the shower the other day, and broke the bloody thing. Right, off we go. Oh, God, I don't know why this keeps happening, but it always seems to land, if not in the same place and very close to the place that we've just been to. Um, it's landed um, on or in the South Bank. Oh, okay. I don't know if we've had the South Bank.
0: I uh, don't think we have, actually. No.
1: Oh. Ooh, okay. Well, obviously there's lots, lots there. So you've got the Hayward Gallery. You've got the Royal Festival Hall, the whole South bank Centre as well. The whole Southbank Centre. Festival uh, of
0: um Festival of Britain.
1: Yeah, actually, I I think that would be a good one. Festival yeah. of Britain,
0: 1951.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I then. think I might do that. Yeah, right. Festival of Britain. Brilliant. Fab great there we go
0: <laughs> amazing
1: <laughs> well
0: that's it for this week thank you all so much for coming um what a lot of gory fun and uh <laughs> and uh, and and death and destruction for our goth guide yes. oh, nobody actually died everyone had already died so it's fine that's
1: true that's true but there was a lot of death there was there was a bit mm. of my, you know mm. death and taxes um eh? I was going to say something as well. Oh yeah, I was talking to my nan, and she brought up the Great Smog of 1952. oh Yes. She was say. talking about. um She was talking about when she gave birth to my auntie, and she said it was so foggy that she couldn't get to the hospital. Um, and I was really? like, God, that wouldn't be the Great Smog, would it, Nan? Oh my goodness. And she was like, Well, it was 1952.
0: I was like, Wow, my God, wow. that must be the Great Smog that's amazing uh, for those who've not heard that um, episode we did that I mean goodness a while ago now a yeah, couple of months back yeah. um, on The Great Smog, so go and, go and catch that one brilliant I love
1: that does Janan listen? Um, no she doesn't she's Why very not? hard of hearing bless her um, she's not really got round texting so uh, fair enough <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's 92 we'll her. let her off
0: okay yeah. <laughs> whatever
1: whatever um, fantastic. Well, I love that. I love that
0: she's she's part of the history we've been chatting about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Well, we'll see you all next week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week, and uh, we'll see you next Wednesday for more Ladies in London.
1: Lovely. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy.
0: Bye. Bye.